We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I th- you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help. You can get a roadmap. You can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. <laughs> Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to another episode of the K&K Podcast. We got Tim Hoover in the house. You. Um, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so, Tim, I kind of wanted to bring you on today. Number one is um, we'll talk about how we met and stuff, but you've got something interesting that intrigues me about you is you work for a family business. Um, you also... The family business has a lot of employees. You, I know you guys are in the landscaping business, but the other thing that was cool is like you kind of went out on your own and started this little software, which we can go into more about what you're doing. And our our podcast is value add, so right. you're trying to bring value to an industry that's a little bit like outdated, I guess, in the technology space or non-existent. Yep. Um, and kind of like Crystal and I, what we're doing here with all the media and social media, <clears throat> we're trying to. We think this is kind of the kind of the way how to build, you know, market and build a business and talk to people. So that's what we're doing. But, um, anyways, tell us about um, like you, a little bit about you, what you, you know, what you got going on, what your family business does, and just a little bit about that. You know, cool. yeah. So, born and raised in San Diego, uh, my entire life been here, and so uh, had a really fun lifestyle growing up, surfing and snow skiing and stuff outside of San Diego. Obviously, so my goal was to always be able to consistently enjoy that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so out of or during college and out of high school, I was working in the action sports industry for quite some time and uh, representing a bunch of different brands um, and shortly realized that I wouldn't be able to raise a family on what I was doing and I wanted to have uh, I wanted to have some kids. So life became real for me really quickly and my dad <laughs> said, hey, why don't you come work for me? And I said, all right. So I went to work for my dad. That's was 12 years ago. Wow, okay. And so when I first started working with my dad, he had a really, really good business. He was, he's, I always tell friends and family that he's probably the best uh, CEO of a 25 person company in the world. Wow. So he kept it like extremely tight. Margins were massive and just had really good customers, but it was a very small company. Um, but that provided the way my dad ran his work and what he did provided me and my brothers with like an extremely good life. So we got to do everything. We traveled all the time. We went private schools and for middle school, we all made choices not to go to public or private school public in high school, but we had a really good upbringing. And so I wanted to be able to provide my kids with similar, if not better, uh, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that was like a little bit about like my history. So my dad said, come work for me. So that was 12 years ago. And we've since uh, built the company 10x uh, since then. So um, we've had wow. significant growth, and we've got about 185, 90 employees right now. Wow, that's um, huge! Right? So, for us, yeah. it's like I had no huge. idea. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah so not... yeah, my brother, my brother, my older brother Ryan. After I was there for um, three years, and then he came on board, and he uh, really helped facilitate. A lot of the growth so we retained our business and we grew the business significantly um for a for a clip of about seven years okay. and then we took a slowdown a little bit hired some key employees to be able to really retain that growth and make sure that everything was 
in order and the house was like clean and solid. And so we just kind of kept, uh, kept the business really functioning and organized and kind of picked up the pace again and started growing again. So yeah, that's a little wow, bit about 190. That, that's insane. Yeah. Growth. And it's so cool to see like generations, how like your dad kind of built this business and then like the new generation kind of comes in and what you guys can add to that. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's a unique perspective when you work with your brothers and your and your dad. I'm sure. So we were just yeah. talking about that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, obviously obviously with that type of growth and that type of scale and stress and environments and all of that the, those types of things that come along with growing a big a business, um, you know, comes challenges. So oh, sure. um you know, our goal was to try and keep our family as tight as possible um and not deal with a lot of the stuff that a lot of family yeah. families deal with, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's something that you can avoid. So yeah. We so ha- well, can you kind of like dive a little deeper into like what exactly that looks like? What kind of disagreements happen? Whatever how you, you want to. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, how you yeah. navigated through that, and it seems like now you're in such a great place. Because I remember Kenny did talk to you like probably a couple years ago, and you were going like probably in the thick of it, and now it seems like things are going so well and. You know, like I, I think there's a lot of family businesses and, out there that want to see, like, we how just, the hell did you do that? Right. And Crystal and I just recorded another podcast talking about like family working together. We are trying to be very transparent. Like, yes, we do fight. Yes, we do this. Yes, transparency, communication. And like, all what this do you stuff. do when that like, happens? We're just like giving it to people because if you can't get through that, you're you're never going to be able to take this and 10x it again. You're, right. you're just stuck. Right? And like you said, your families and relationships are important. Like your relationship with your wife and your kids is really important, but you also like your family's important. Right. So it should never get to that point where... Yeah, it's, uh, you, yeah. you know, so um, I did. I struggled. I struggled probably the most over the past three years. So we grew and we kept it. It was when it was just me, Ryan, and my dad. When we had like really aggressive growth, we were growing at 25, 30% annually um, for the first seven years. So when it was that time, I was talking to my dad about it actually, we were skiing the other day, is that was just a really fun time because we all were, we all knew what we were doing. We all wore the hats that we needed to wear, but we were collectively, collectively a part of just being on the same page. And so um, the challenge with uh, our family business is that there is no exit strategy. So for somebody like me who has an entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. I, I want to see a plan to possibly exit in the future. And so I really struggled with that aspect of the business, um, knowing that there was no end in sight. So it's kind of like, why are we building this? What are we building this for? Um, are we building this just to make more money? We're, you know, wh- What are we trying to, to accomplish here? So... Um, the challenges started coming in about three years ago when I realized that this is not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so along with that came, um, just a lot of maybe personal struggle of what I was dealing with. So to, to kind of come to the family and say, this is not what I want to do. And, and that's tough to do. It's cool. You did it, but it's tough. Yeah. And a some lot of, of that just, just keep making the money just shut up right yeah and they're miserable yeah 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 Yeah. and so you know i i couldn't live within my skin and be uncomfortable in that regard you know we were making 
a really good living. We all had really nice houses and just a Life was good. really good lifestyle. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, I just would go home not happy. And that's kind of when I decided to go and start moving my life in a different direction. Um, and along with that comes disrupts the entire thing, right? It disrupts the entire picture of a family business. It's like, Hey, we're, what's this attitude that he's got going on? Where's he going? What's he trying to do? What's he trying to accomplish? Why is he not happy with what he has? Is he not content? What are all the things that are going on in his head? And interpersonally, I was dealing with those struggles, but it was starting to kind of trickle over into the family dynamic, um, which, which was perceived as a negative thing. And so I was looked at as a bad guy for, for some time. I, I'm, I've always been outside the box. I've never what my mom would always say if you if you try and put Timmy in a box, he'll do everything he can to break down every single wall, one of those walls. So not just one of the wall, he'll break down every single yeah, thing and make a cardboard box <laughs> explode. So yeah. yeah, so I mean it was just dealing with the challenges of being different, not being able to just exist and be in that space. So that, that came along with some challenges and, you know, a lot of it comes down to doing what you want to do and what's best for you and your family. So, and that's hard with families. I think like one of the things Kenny and I talked about, even with our families is like, Hey, my family now is, you know, me and Kenny, it's not, me and my parents that like that kind of comes second right or we didn't walk into a business that the parents were running it's like it's some way even if you have all these ideas and stuff you're like there's still that respect like my dad built it right i can't come in here and get get the hell out of the way let me it doesn't work like that you know it doesn't yeah and that was for me like you know my biggest i had a lot of struggle with my dad because and it and it didn't change really until recently when i realized that I think the struggle was that I was living in my dad's picture, right? Like this was, this was my dad's painting. Like he painted this picture. Maybe he had the intention that we're all going to come together and build this business. Maybe he'd never thought that, but the foundation of what he had built was, was his foundation. And so up until recent, I hadn't really uh, been able to take a step back from that picture or, or really conceptualize that in my mind that my dad was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so really recognizing that he was an entrepreneur um, helped me kind of ease my own internal pain that I was dealing with and just say, you know, he's been a fantastic example for me as a, as going into doing my own businesses, like, but I need to do my own things. But what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, you kind of forget, or I, I never really thought in that mindset that my dad was an entrepreneur. And so I competed with him. Just, so it's different. It's like that relationship was just completely different. I mean, when it's yeah. like father-son yeah. and you're trying to look at him in a business way, it's it's hard. Yeah. It's like, like, you just learned. don't get me. And he's like, I yeah. do. I built this. You might be the 2.0 version of me where you're like, hey, you want to do this? I'm just, I'm content where it is. If you want to do it, then just, you got to right. then go do it. Like, right. But I'm not, I'm, I'll support you, but I might not be there working side by side because yeah. he and, built this foundation. You got to carry it on. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you throw two brothers into the equation that are also involved with the business, and you've got a hyper-competitive male and dominant environment with 
complete control freaks at the sounds fun (laughs) (laughs) all all running a company together then it's like um you know it's a recipe for disaster i mean it's not you know it it can be a recipe for disaster you guys can put put it together and it can be a recipe for 10x 20x yeah. yeah so so my challenge as of late is since i've stepped out of the picture and not fully stepped out of the picture but i'm phasing out I've got one foot out the door is that I am now pursuing my own interests. And so it's challenging for brothers to see, Hey, he's leaving. Like, what is, what is he doing? And do you think it's like an insecurity? Cause you're like, ah, what's happening. It's just scary. Yeah. I mean, it is, there is, there is a lot of like nerve and, you know, I'm a people pleaser. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's also like, I, I want to do this, but I also want them to understand like, I'm not leaving them. Yeah, it's not personal. Like, yeah. this isn't because no, I don't like you. this is about you, yeah. not them. Yeah. And they just don't get it. Because they're like, well, we have a great thing. We're making money. Come on. You're like, yeah, but this is great for you. But right. My, but my mind, and my, I can't rest until I do this because you. there's other things you're, you know, you're, you're capable of and you're already developing. You can't sit still. Yeah. And, it, yeah, and so in that, like, the past year – the previous year before let's say like 17 to 18 um i i was just in like this dark place and just like i can't do this anymore i go home and tell tell my wife camille just like i am pounding my head up against the wall this is not working i have to get out of here and i'm making you know well over six figures i'm making some serious money in this business and it's just like it's just it it was never about it it's at that point it doesn't money doesn't mean anything right yeah like, purpose yeah there's there's just what am i doing this for like this like just it's so frustrating and you're trapped and i felt trapped and once you put me in that box i'm going to break down the walls right so it goes back to that whole mindset so i went to my controller and i said i, I didn't want to leave my family i didn't want to like step away because i am a big contributor to the business and i said i've got to figure out a way we've got to figure out a way to make this work without like this whole thing fracturing right so we created a model. We created a financial compensation model that um, essentially breaks the business into divisions to where we run our own division of the company. Smart. So that way, like a lot, when and when I went down that pursuit of dividing the company, everybody thought, "Oh, you're just doing this for yourself." But it was really, if I'm winning and everybody else is on the same page and everybody else is contributing and winning, then the entire brand is winning even more. So, um, you know, so we put the financial model in place, um, all year this year. So we're closing out our first year with the new financial model in place. And what it's done has just been tremendous for it, not just me, but I think everybody else involved in the company because really it leveled the playing field and it created this, like p- people say, um, there's no such thing as fair. Like fairness doesn't exist. I disagree. I think that if you create the ability for fairness, then fairness can exist. The environment for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so we created an extremely fair platform. So whatever you brought to the table, you contributed from. If you lost work and you decline in your business, you were negatively impacted financially. So you felt the pain if you were not producing, and you reap the rewards if you, you were the gain producing. If you are, yeah. Yeah, and so for so. With two brothers, John, my younger brother, and Ryan, my older brother, the challenge was we're all different people. And so 
Ryan, my older brother, is like the most consistent person you'll ever meet. He's fantastic at just being consistent and um, and he's content. And so like an analogy I like to use is like if you put me, Ryan, and John on the side of a, a shore and we're going fishing, Ryan would sit in his lawn chair, cast his fishing pole out all day long until he caught a fish. He'd sit there, cast his fishing pole, reel it in, cast it out again until he caught a fish. I would literally be out in the water trying to catch the fish, swimming around, running up and down the shore with my bare hands trying to catch a fish because I can't sit in a chair. And then John, my younger brother, would just observe both both the ways of how we did things. So <laughs> he'd just be like, he'd, really ultimately, he's the yeah. smartest because he's like picking up the yeah. best of both oh, worlds. Just do that way when you yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you mess up and you don't ever catch your, fi- catch yeah. your fish on the pole with, with your hands, and Timmy gets there, he gets a spear and stabs a fish from the side. I'll just do that. I'll just do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So he, so, so, so the younger brother, John, is just like this observant guy, and Ryan's the consistent guy, and I'm the crazy guy or whatever you want to like, you know, a lot of people think of it that way, but really we just are so different, but we needed something to be able to complement each other's styles. And so the model going back to the financial model within the business just got us set up to a place where we don't fight as much. We're all able to do things the way we want to do things. And so that's kind of where we're at this past year. And then you have the software too, right? Yeah, so, so that's 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 pretty fascinating. So talk about that. I know that was another this is like this is like your baby, your passion, right? Yeah, yeah. So so my goal, you know, my I've always wanted to do multiple businesses at the same time. I've always wanted to run multiple companies at the same time. And so I and I'd started on other business models and I've d- did some real estate stuff and it was just there's never a fulfillment that I had with the way I was running a business mm-hmm. um, in the regard of running an organization with employee, with a lot of employees. Um, and so I get, a, I get a lot of fulfillment out of that. And I just said like, okay, how can I do what I've been doing and do it again, but also be involved with the other businesses that, that I have running at the same time. So then that's where the whole idea and premise of the software came into play. So um, I put together a plan. Um, I didn't even know what software was. Didn't even have like, did, did, couldn't even update my iPhone. Didn't even know how to like do your, do your new updates on your iPhone. And so, um, my best friend, Brian, uh, Whitmire and I had done multiple products together. We started a tool. We created a multi-tool for the landscape industry. We built the prototypes and then we realized that we're not getting it. It, it took us a lot of effort to make a lot of money off of it. So we shut that program down. Then we started another product and we started another product and started another product. And we just did a bunch of different things together, but nothing that ever really we saw all the way through. And so um, I I called him and I was like, all right, Brian, I've got this idea. I don't know what, I don't know. And he, he had always been harping. He's like, Timmy, we got to get into software. He went to, he got his MBA at, he got his MBA at uh, UCSD Rady school, uh, Rady. So he's a really smart guy. He was, uh, the, he's got a crazy story. I mean, like he was a uh, magnum cum laude graduate, uh, decided and went to work for CBRE up in Orange County. He was working under a vice president, making a ton of money straight out of college and said, oh, I'm going to go in the army. So he just literally hung it all up oh my gosh. and not just go to the army, yeah. but he wanted to fight on the front lines. So he's he, special forces, That's army ranger. Yeah. yeah. So wow. his extremes are equal, if not more than mine. Wow. And so he said, all right, I'm going to go 
to the arm, go into the army, gave it all up, went in the arm, gave it all up to go into the army, which was like the most commendable thing that you could do. Yeah. And he just went out and did multiple tours in Afghanistan, fought front lines, like led some serious missions and, um, came back and he's, his wife, he, he got married and was like, she's just like, yeah, you can't do this anymore. Went back, got his MBA from Rady. And so I called Brian and he, and he just always like, Hey, we, you know, we got to start a software company. We got to start a software company. We got to go into tech. I'm like, whatever, just over my head, didn't even register in my brain. And so I'm sitting at my table at my house one day and I'm just like, just thinking about, I've got to make my landscape job easier because I, I like there's aspects of this job that I like. I like being involved with customers and I like the sales side of it, but the operational side of it, I just can't stand. It sucks. Like property management. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Like, right? yeah. You know, there, there's, you're dealing with some really difficult people and you, you've got a lot of customers that are high maintenance and it's, it's challenging. It's demanding. And so I said, all right, I've got to figure out a way how I can make these people, people's lives better, uh, how I can make my business more efficient. And so I drafted up an entire business plan in like 48 hours. So I wrote the entire, I wrote a five-year software program in a matter of 48 hours because I lived it, right? So I knew the problem I was trying to solve. I figured out a solution on how to solve the problem. And then uh, so I called Brian. I'm like, Brian, I've got this software. Da, 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 da. I've got this idea. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a SaaS model. I'm like, SaaS model? What is that? Yeah. He's, like, okay, whatever. He's, like, yeah. he's like, yeah, this is a software as a service. Like, yeah. he, he picked it apart. He got it really quickly. Um, and so he he just said, yeah, well, let, let's just have some more meetings and talk about this. So that was two years ago. And um, so we went on the journey of drafting up the product like figuring out how we're going to build this thing talking to every person we know we knew about trying to find the right team interviewing teams all over the world india pakistan uh, uh, south america costa rica united states and we both were just like okay how how are we going to do this and how are we going to be able to control this company from now as long as we can without having to bring on any other partners at this point and um he had a full-time job and I was also had a full-time job. So we built the entire thing. Um, well, we, I'm sorry, we built a functioning product, um, without any sort of tech background. And so we, we got to the point where we've got this thing going, it's working. The You're fish, using it currently, right? Yeah. yeah currently yeah. using it. it it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, everybody using it or just you and your company? Yeah. So yeah. Well, so the way the product works is we have outreach to customers, property management companies, and all the vendors. It's so like automation, basically, right? Yeah, so we're expediting task completion. So the, the, the portion of doing work is what we're trying to speed up. Um, and then also the communication component of once you are assigned a task, communicating back to the customer that the things that you're doing are getting accomplished and giving them the ability to actually follow and track your work mm-hmm. and you get to see it right and so i can see it me. right yeah, like you, you show pictures and it's, it's kind of like the awesome. stuff that we remind or mm-hmm. something yeah else. so i can literally see what my guys in the field are doing the boots on the ground are doing without me having to be there so okay. that right there sped up my internal operational efficiency tenfold so i don't have to go out to those sites to see what they're doing to monitor and check their work i can actually just use the system to do that so 
internal. So, so I created the internal efficiency. I've gotten to a point now where I can, I, I, I hired somebody internally for the landscape company to start taking over my position. So he, uh, I'd been recruiting him for two years. I brought him and finally got him, convinced him to come on board. Uh, he's been in the industry for a really long time. And so he is now uh, slowly transitioning into my operational uh, capacity wow. to where I'm focusing on building multiple brands at the same time. So um, that's the, the – and I wanted to create a product that ran in parallel. Um, so I'm going to replicate the model – um, within other service businesses, um, within the space. Cool. And your, your company with landscaping, um, which actually I think because we own multifamily, I think landscaping has actually become more popular and fascinating because of where we live. There's the water shortage. Right. So you guys mainly take on massive properties like, yep. Like big HOAs, right. things like that. Yeah, so our landscape company is a commercial landscape maintenance company. Okay. So we maintain large homeowners associations, industrial parks, shopping centers, all throughout uh, San Diego County. And so our primary book of work is HOA work. And there's nothing glamorous about it at all. Um, but the one thing that we've found over the past 12 years is that we can grow 20% through a recession and people pay on time and we have really, really good cash flow. So um, looking at that model where I am planning on replicating that into different businesses within the same space. So I'm going after multiple service-based businesses within an HOA, that service an HOA, tree maintenance, building maintenance, landscaping, janitorial services. Crazy how much, like you really, like when you really kind of break it down, there's like a lot that goes in. Yep. Are involved. And I have to say, like, unfortunately, like a lot of these people have business, but they, they're not great at the business. And I think it's just because they're not, there's some main guy that's not really checking up on stuff. And it's hard, like if you could be yeah. out there, eyes on the, you know, and boots it's on the ground. it's hard. It's just that there's only so much time in a day. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly. even the problem. Like I think people say with HOAs, like I don't know anybody who's happy with their HOA management company. Right. Like no, nobody no, likes it. It doesn't exist. You can't get, you yeah. can't get a right. hold of anybody. You can't get anything done. And again, I think it comes down to like property management because I don't think many people like their property manager right. either. Is it's not that it's hard work; it's just so many tasks. Like you said, it's like a task management yep. issue. It's all easy work. You just only can do so much, and the business is only so profitable that you kind of have to operate lean and mean, which means that there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't get done. Right? Yeah. I mean, I would not ever want to be the owner of an HOA property management business because. Um, so, so say for example, like you've got one property manager who works underneath you. That one manager is making maybe fifty to seventy-five thousand yep. bucks a year. They're managing um, maybe six to eight HOAs that have three hundred units in them. So, say for instance, you got eight HOAs with three hundred units in them. It's twenty-four hundred units that one single person is managing, awesome. and a bunch of homeowners who and a like, bunch of pissed-off people yeah. all the time. So, yeah. and then not only that, it's Think about all the vendor work that is managed, all the landscaping. Anything that has to do with maintaining those buildings falls on the shoulders of those property managers. Like they're set up to fail, basically. Right. So they are. They're, I think they are set up to fail. And I think that this industry has tried to just just basically dump work onto these poor people who just don't have the capacity to do all of it. And, it's, um, and, and so in that, 
part of the technology that we built is to simplify those people's lives. Use technology. So if they do 2,400 units, it feels like they're doing 240 units in reality, right? Right. Because like, it's like so you can do it and you can pay them that, but you're going to do it so much more efficient that everybody's going to be happier. Correct. Through transparency, through automation yep. and technology, yep. right? Exactly. It's really more just being like – transparent with people like quicker huh right yeah so our you know one of our our tagline for the software company is uh less process more progress so uh, there's there's so much process involved with removing a tree right you guys have a tree that's blocking your view and you pay your hoa fees and you want that tree removed then you call a manager the manager may or may not get to it that week that month and just sits there and you guys are getting starting to get frustrated. There's a lot of issues with the manager maybe delegating that down to a vendor and then the vendor gets it. And it's like those poor people who are paying their fees, who are paying these HOA dues to live in these HOAs are sitting around like, when is that freaking tree going to come out? And then they'll go yell at one of your guys. And then they, yeah, they yell at our guys and they're yelling at the manager and nobody's happy. And that's just like a little microcosm of how bad it is out there in this space. And Really, so like we saw that need, and we're just trying to solve that from people doing work within HOA space. Do you think like a lot of HOAs right now are they because of you know obviously water and expense and all that? Are are you finding a lot of HOAs and stuff? I'm just talking landscape here, really like changing their landscape in general. Like when we buy buildings, we have like old stuff. We're ripping it all out. We're going DG drip rock, you know, succulents because. Long term, like I'm not gonna have it's just it's just get it done one and done. You know? Yeah, so that was a really good add value for Heritage Landscape over the past three to f- three or four years. Um, the first drought that hit three three years ago um, was probably the most um, significant um, add value to a landscape company because of the rebates. So that's what I put in here. Yeah. Like the question is like. We were getting them too, like from the state and federal. It's crazy how much yep. you can get back. So I couldn't even imagine HOA how much they're giving back. Were you it's doing just... all that paperwork for them? Yeah, too, because it's such a process. It's a, it's definitely. Are you charging a... them? We just, did you just, we, uh... just we just wrap it into the cost okay, cool. of of the turf you removal. Say basically, so... we're gonna do all this. Here's the cost. You want yep. us to do? Okay. Yeah. So in 2015 and 16, uh, we removed about 375,000 square feet of turf in San Diego, wow. um, oh, which is no. almost 10 acres of total grass within HOAs being removed and replaced with low water use plant materials. So, you know, the drought does definitely offer up opportunity um, if you look in the right places. So, um, you know, it was a win-win for us, our customers, because their water bills significantly declined. So, Yeah. And also, like, it kind of offset the cost of upgrading all that landscape, too, right? Right. I mean, a lot of these HOAs are built in, like, the 70s and 80s, and yeah. it's time for facelifts anyway. So, you know, people who are logical and make can make sense of, like, paybacks and real numbers, they see that as, like, why would we not do this? Right. Then again, you get a lot of people who just see it as a number, and they're afraid of numbers, and... They don't really think through the entire process. So. Yeah. What do you think um, with you guys in landscaping? What's 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 like the biggest challenge you guys face with these HOAs? Because I, I know we see these guys walking around with clipboards and they're constantly complaining. I mean, it's hard because they're such big properties. Like, what's the biggest? You know. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a. I think it really comes down to the people that are. Uh, there's always a board of directors within the HOA, right? And most of these people 
Um, it's an unpaid position, first of all, so they're all volunteering their time. And all the other residents within the HOA look to those volunteer board of directors to really manage their entire process of how they do business. That's, you know, massive financials. Which they like, may or may not have experience exactly. in, Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of them don't have experience, and they're just power-hungry people who make everybody's job miserable. And that's – every board has Do you one. deal with those people? Oh, we deal with them all so day long. So you're trying to convince them to say, hey, you guys really need this. Like, yeah, well, and you're you're trying to say this is – it really makes sense. And they're just – sometimes you're just talking a wall. You just can't get through. Right. So I'll sit there. Well, they and, all have yeah. their personal agendas as well right. on top of it. So Well, check this one out. So uh, yesterday I get a uh, email from this lady. She's 72 years old. She's retired. She has nothing – she doesn't do anything. She walks around her property all day long and <laughs> finds <laughs> finds issues, right? So um, prior to having the software, I probably wouldn't have had the documentation that I was able to have that I did yesterday. So her complaint was it was like a $150 bill of adding seed and seed cover to an area that had been killed off by dogs. So that was like in November. So we did that work. It was $150. and And so she sees the invoice coming through and sees like $150 invoice. And she says... Well, I just paid an invoice for September for $150 for the same thing. So I looked up the old, we call them service requests, looked up the service requests, looked at them both. I'm like, no, this is two different areas. I had before photos of the issues and after photos of the issues. So I was able to just email her the, the service request that had been completed. And she looked at him. She was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And versus me, like trying to explain to Call her or get your, get people involved. Where's the pen? Yeah. It turns into 10 hours of work. You did in 10 minutes. Yeah. And she was happy. She, she was like, there was no issue. It was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I see that. Thanks. Thanks for the information. So basically and, one of your biggest things isn't necessarily just about landscaping. It's like, if you can speed the process up and get back, then the, the trust might be built there. Cause right. instead of you having to like convince her for 10 hours of you really did this and she feels like you're trying to pull one over, you have no evidence. You're like, here it is. And she's like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it goes back to that, like you were saying, the transpa- transparency and accountability. So if you can provide a customer, any sort of customer, not just this space, with here's what we're going to do, here's when we're going to do it, here's how we're going to do it, and here's how much it's going to cost. If you can provide that, do it, follow through with your customer. And nail it. And nail it flawlessly, you're going to win and your reputation is going to go through the roof because you're doing what you say you're going to do. So we've kind of gotten, I think, technology in some regard, has gotten in the way of uh, of doing things. I know it's a really weird thought because it's like everybody has an iPhone. Everybody is, expects an instant response to any email that you send. So it's like this instant gratification world that we live in. So in one regard, technology has gotten in the way. So we had to create a technology to combat all of the additional excess information that exists in our space. We're trying to consolidate that information in one place. So. And we're going to do it within the HOA space with multiple businesses. So we're using our platform. We're using the technology to power businesses. Um, Yeah. So we're just going to start acquiring and investing in other business segments within the space and using the software to power it. So we'll control the entire thing. So you're thinking like you'll own the cleaning company yes. and the, okay. Will yep. you partner with somebody? Yes. So you're going to retain yep. your software and how So your value to them is going to be like, I want to come in and I'm going to bring my, and I'm going to basically make your life easier. And you might Everybody's actually- life. The man- property manager's life gets easier. So say for example, you're a property manager and um, you've got a landscaper and you've got six properties and you've got a landscaper on each one of those six properties. You now have to deal with six landscapers. 
And so, the, and, and then that's just landscaping. And then you get your tree maintenance guys. Then you get your building maintenance guys and all your janitors. So some of these um, property managers are dealing with hundreds of vendors, 50 to 100, 200 vendors at the same time. So the idea is to provide these managers with a better life and simplification of process and offer them multiple services at the same time. So we'll offer the, and we'll use the software for them to be able to monitor and track awesome. and speed up the process. Yeah, so you're not going to license the software. You're basically going to acquire businesses essentially. Yep. So there's two there's there's two different routes, right? So we within San Diego, we want to control the entire marketplace right. within the HOA space and we're going to we will not allow any other vendors within San Diego to use the software unless they pay us a really good number because of the things that it does. Um but we will start building other markets because we want it because the software company was built as a software as a service. So we want to be able to capitalize on the value of the software at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we will go ahead and launch the software into non-competing marketplaces. So like uh, Los Angeles, Orange County, um, Texas, San Francisco, like big places that have mass HOAs all throughout the United States. And there's 365,000 HOAs in the United States. It's that it houses 68 million people. 68 million people live or own units within HOAs. Wow, it's a third of our population. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. That's so, exciting. Yeah. So our one route is con- just control San Diego market entirely, proof concept on a mass scale, and then replicate in other cities. But we will most likely sell the software because the value in creating a it's, software it's is in the upside. Let somebody else deal with it. Yeah. yeah. The scale on that is the potential for scale with software is really large. So, so what's your kind of vision plans over the next year? Then, yeah. So, um, I've already started. Uh, let's just say strategic partnership is really our vision for what I'm going after this year, or what we are going after this year. I'm not. It's not an I. So, what we are going after this year is strategic partnership. So we've got. Um, a lot of other vendors that we're going to start approaching to, for partnerships and acquisition. There's a lot of people that have good businesses that need help as far as uh, creating internal efficiencies. So we're going to go in as consultants and fix businesses, utilize our software, power them, introduce them to our network that we've already built, and go ahead and kind of capitalize on, on all of that process. Um, so strategic partnership is one of the big things and really just putting together um, the vendor component here in San Diego. And then we're going to continue to improve the software and build on it. We've got, like I said before, I created a five-year roadmap and we're only two years into it. So the software just continues to get better and better and better. So we're prepared for competition to come into the space. We're hoping that it happens soon. Um, because it helps you get your notice more, which people don't realize. Yeah. So we welcome competition. Um, because somebody's going to realize there's two, three, they're like, why don't I just buy you? I have the money. Right. Get, you just, just, you got used to like, just get you out and just, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a, we've got a lot of future development with, with the software, which is, which is really exciting. We brought on a CTO, um, chief technology. uh, yep. Yep. Chief technological officer, That's technology good. officer. Uh, we brought him on, uh, about six weeks ago. He had been consulting with us for the past year. Um, so we're putting all of our ducks in the road to really scale aggressively. 
um, over the next year. And you so, paid for this out of your pocket? Yes, yeah, so yeah. I've self-funded. Wow. Uh, my partner and I both have bootstrapped this whole thing. We'll bootstrap. for you. Yeah. I, I, the nice thing is because we built you know, landscape business and I have ownership there that the plan is to continue to leverage um, as much money as humanly possible to build the entire vision. So I, like I said, strategic partnership in that the strategic partnership this year means acquisition. Um, and then beyond this year is strategic partnership for uh, taking the software and making it bigger. So it's awesome. a lot to it. It's a kind of wow. a, it seems like a kind of big picture, but no, I remember when I was talking to you, how much like nights and you just, it was like you worked your ass off for, yeah, for years. two years, um, between running a business and building a business, um, where was working about a hundred hours a week. Yeah. So. How was that with your on your family life? I yeah, guess that's always a question. You'll have to ask Camille. You'll have to ask my wife. But no, she, my, I've got. I think it's tough on you yeah. guys. Remember oh that. no, it's yeah. I mean, I have the most like understanding, patient wife. Like she, Camille, that's awesome. I, like she stuck with me through like all that. Just and now she's just seeing the, it just kinda. the grind. Yeah, yeah. And so you guys have many talents too. When we were over there, like. You're like architect in that building and stuff. You guys are just your house is yeah. Like, you're very like um, methodical, dude. Just like do or get it done. But you can you can get focused. You're like Crystal. You can get really focused, and you can like just lock yourself in a room and just yeah work on a computer for twenty hours. <laughs> like because you're just like that. With me, I'd be like, I'm just not like that. But it's okay. But you know that's how. But you need we you have to be like that for certain projects and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It the. The trickle down effect that it has on family is really, really gnarly. So I was talking to a friend of mine, Mikey Taylor. He owns Commune Capital. Yeah. Like, I, I think you've yeah. introduced you guys, but um, I was talking to Mikey about this just because he's in a similar place. He's got two young kids and he's building a big capital uh, yeah. investment firm and he does a lot of real estate stuff. But we we're just kind of running parallel in life and we're just talking like um, we think our lives are challenging. It's the people behind us or that are with us, their lives are 10 times harder than our lives are to deal with people like him and I. So like the, to deal with everything that's constantly going on in my head and all of the ideas and the constant go, 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 and not stopping uh, is harder for the people that are surrounded by us than it actually is for ourselves. So, oh, I completely agree. Like she has to put up with me. Holy shit. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, yeah, no, I mean, no, I get yeah. it. Yeah. So we're not easy people to live with, but you know, there's another side, a very positive side to it too. Right. So yeah, I the, get it. Yeah. The, we the, have, we have this joke now that like we used to say, like the hardest things in life are some of the best things. So yeah. That's what I said. Like, okay, yeah, that's well, right. yeah. you're yeah. painting the ass. Well, I must yeah. be really good then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I thought I was working hard. They are working harder than I am. Yeah. So just to deal with, the instability. So they are the stability. I'm the instability. Oh, for sure. Right here. (laughs) That's why they always say, I think when you meet, um, to kind of wrap stuff up here, but to meet, when you meet like successful entrepreneurs or guys, as they say, like the woman behind them is really the backbone, the strength and nobody gets it, but you get it because you're like, look, like to put up with my pain in the ass and this and that. But at the end of the, but the whole thing is the end of the day, you're hoping to, you know, have this plan where, 
some point you're not going to be grinding and doing this. You can't like when you're 50 and 60, this isn't, it's, you don't want to do this. Right. right. So you're like, now's my time. So right. put up with me. So we're 50, 60. It's like, we can go enjoy life. And exactly. And that's why you're doing it now. Cause yep. if you wake up at 50 and you want to do this, you're like, that's a different right. story. It circles and, back to what we were talking about earlier. Like even like working with your spouse, but just like being in a relationship or a marriage in general, just like, it's so important to be on the same page. And I know it's not always like roses and candy. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's hard, like, and there's disagreements and there's times. Yeah. And I think that's part of any healthy relationship also, but like your partner being on the same page of what your vision is and like where you guys want, like see your lives and yep. where you want to be with your children and like all those things. It's so important. Right. Cause then you just, that's your why again. Yeah. It's like, this yep. is why we do this every day. This yep. is why we sacrifice today, you know, so tomorrow can be better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, what it comes down to. Like in the beginning, I told you like I had a really good life because my dad worked extremely hard. So it's like, and we as parents want, that if not better for our like you know my thought as a parent is like i need to leave my kids with a better life than i had and so how it's not it doesn't just happen it's not not easy out there right it's not it's not yeah it is becoming to maintain a life like this it's getting harder and harder if not you just get sucked into the 95 where you're just yeah screwed you know right we see it every day so it's like it's not easy, but those people aren't willing to do the work, and we are, you know. Yep. And it is what it is. So yeah, there's no drug more addicting than a, a weekly salary or a monthly salary. Yeah, That's yeah. True. So yeah, it's once interesting you, you say that. Yeah. Once you get sucked into like having a salary, you live off of that, and that's what you live by. Once you get into that mindset, then it's like that controls you. So, yeah. I mean, Crystal's been, obviously, it's like me too, but she's been, she's been on her own since 19. Yeah. And she's a female. It's rare. So it's like that was she, a weird thing. She doesn't even know what the hell yeah. that even is. Yeah. She's yeah. like, what? So for her, it's like right. that, that drug's never been in her life. But for so many people, it's like, I get it. You and I see it all the time. Yeah. That was interesting too about having employees. Like if you've never really been an employee, yeah. then uh. having employees, you're like, what? Vacation? Yeah. Sick time? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're like, wait, what? Pick your yeah. phone up. I don't have to. You're like, what? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, hey, thanks yeah, for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you guys um, for having me. That was, uh, it's funny, like every time we have people on here, we're always like learning about them. And I, I knew, um, like I said, Crystal didn't know you had 190 employees. I, I asked you when we were going to the bathroom, like I knew it was big, but I was like, it's just crazy because when we were at our peak, I was like, damn, that's like so many more people. But yeah, yeah, it's a grind, but it's, you know, I'm, it's, I'm excited to see kind of how your software goes. And the yeah, thank you. really cool because there's a lot of business owners that want to do those things. They just don't have time. They're so in, right. inundated. In or they're not willing to sacrifice the time the, like you yeah. did. Yeah. 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 You, you, and you did, you did the hard work. Yep. Like building it, and now I think this will be fun for you to see it grow and yeah. like become something. Yeah, yeah. We're, this next phase will be this this next year will be fun to just enjoy the fruits of the labor. Yeah. Um, kind of reset in a way and then hit the ground running really hard again within the next eight months. Cool. So Very cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, well thank, thank you guys on. for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Steph. Yeah. Cool. 46. Wow. We went way over. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I, I talk. No, it's good. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.